spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 236th annual Subliminal Inception podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Koji and my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Well, I know nobody wants to hear about how it was 50 degrees <laughs> this morning and then it started snowing, but uh, <laughs> you said someone took the time to give us a beautiful uh, compliment on the show and you wanted to read that off. Yeah, well, uh, just kind of uh, talk about it really quick. So one of our really uh, great fans out there sent us a message on Instagram, and it was he actually has experience in oil fields. Uh, kind of talked about what we were, you know, our episode last week, and I wanted to give him some props and also kind of mention it. Uh, his name is Skyler. Thank you very much for that message. I don't know if Skyler's his real name, but it's on there. Uh, also, he was talking about the nuclear option when it comes to capping off dams. Apparently, they don't just drop the nuke on top of the well like we were thinking it was. Apparently, what they do is they drill a second hole down right next to the well, and then they blow up the basically the seafloor around the well to kind of cap it that way. So apparently, oh. the nuclear option kind of is used. It just takes a long time because they have to drill an adjacent well right next to it okay all right um well i don't know if that necessarily <laughs> is any better um you still got to deal with you know dick cheney standing on the oil rig with a boner <laughs> while the uh nukes going off but i guess this price you gotta pay to stop an oil leak yeah apparently we were thinking that it was some kind of like you know crazy like you know reddit fantasy type thing <laughs> But apparently it really happens. They've really they've done it before. Oh, so the only problem is it takes longer. Uh, so ah. it is something that apparently they've done before is pretty much blowing up the seafloor around the well and making it so that, you know, uh, I don't know how big that nuclear charge is. But yeah, so apparently explosives can be used to do that. OK. All right. So are we thinking that's what happened at Fukushima? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that was just uh, your standard natural disaster and a nuclear power plant that was way too close to uh, <laughs> ring of fire. The so. uh, the Japanese version of Homer Simpson uh, went ahead and did something to the power plant. <laughs> oh, basically like every episode in the first, like, what, six seasons? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are great. Those are some uh, some really good first 10 years there. But I wanted to mention a couple of other things. So going through these really quick. I had quite the adventure this weekend. Okay. My brother was thinking about buying a motorcycle. Ooh. So we went to a very, I won't mention which one, but we went to a very large motorcycle shop in the East Valley. And I will say, I, I don't really care about motorcycles. I'm not really a huge, you know, vehicle person, motorcycles, whatever. I will say, though, the people watching there was excellent. <laughs> Okay, was it a Harley or was it a different one? They sell all sorts. Okay. So it was like, you know, Harley, Yamaha, like dirt bikes, the trikes, the big the big cruisers, 
the little ones, you know, basically everything. They also sold like razors and four wheelers, all that stuff. So it was like the Costco of small <laughs> engines, basically. Yeah, and I, jet skis too. I almost thought for a second there you're going to be like, I considered buying one. And I'm like, Phil, you're not even 40 yet. You are not allowed to be buying a motorcycle. Yeah, my midlifer is going to come in about 10 years. I, they were cheaper than I thought. Oh, uh, some cool little like uh, the Indian one that they make now were only like, I think, 14,000 brand new. So okay. it wasn't they weren't as much as I thought they would be. I figured they'd be in like the 30s, but so no, they, they were cheaper than I thought. They they still haven't gotten canceled and had to change their name yet. Nope, still flying under the radar. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> All right. I will. I will say, though, I saw two things. There was a, a young man. And uh, what appeared to be his mother uh, sitting at the table, kind of in that whole situation where um, they're being sold on a bike. And the mother had a look on her face where she was simultaneously worried about her son uh, inevitably dying in a motorcycle accident. (laughs) Also, you could tell that she was probably, you know, being coerced into co-signing for this because her kid was probably, I would say, maybe 23 24 okay so i'm guessing she's a little worried that he's gonna default after about six months and then it's gonna be her problem you know what mom what you should do in that circumstance is also take out a life insurance policy on him so (laughs) in the event he dies that you don't get stuck with the motorcycle bill yeah and then you also get a nice little uh (laughs) there's a nice little upside to that yeah so yeah Pay for pay for the remaining balance, pay for the funeral, and you know maybe, you know go to Hawaii, have some fucking uh, tropical drinks or something Did, like that. Okay, was a motorcycle purchased? Oh, I have no idea. I just kind of like as I was like as we were looking at some of the Yamaha, I believe um, uh, I saw that because that's kind of no, like where the desk was was right uh, in that section. No, did so. your brother? purchase oh, a motorcycle. no he was just looking he's just just looking. just browsing okay all right yeah he's he's in the beginning stages of thinking about getting and so. is he thinking about a harley or a crotch rocket or what he not a crotch no he wants kind of like a yamaha kind of like the one he had when he was in his like mid-20s ah so. okay okay so i'm guessing yeah. this is Possibly all the- one of those yeah now with that detail i know now it is the older brother not the younger brother. Oh, yeah. No, it's the older brother. Okay. My, okay. my younger brother both financially wouldn't want to do that. Also, um, risk to himself-wise, he wouldn't. He's yeah. pretty pretty conservative cat when it comes to all of that <laughs> stuff. So. Doesn't want his brains splattered all over the pavement? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. definitely. I will also say um, there was exactly who you would think was in there with the family of uh, motocross riders in their full Sunday best. And by that, I mean, they had on like matching uh, riding outfits and their helmets in tow, everything to go along with it. Because I imagine they were at church at that moment. So just church and then a good old family motorcycle uh, ride together. No, no. I mean, at church, they were literally that was probably their church. Oh, Okay, I thought you meant like the family all went to church, then rode their motorcycles over to (laughs) the motorcycle store and then kind of did like a family Sunday motorcycle cruise together. No, they weren't. No, this was the dad, the mom and like 
a seven and a nine-year-old. Hey, that's old enough. <laughs> that's old enough. This is Amer- If they can buy a shotgun, they can fucking get on a goddamn motorcycle. You are right. This is Arizona. I'm surprised they even had helmets. <laughs> exactly. Which, weirdly enough, are you have to wear them here, but in Iowa, you so. I mean, uh, it, does that really surprise you? <laughs> No, not in the least. But. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you make fun of Arizona, but let's be realistic here. Iowa, yeah, um, they're even more backwards. That's true, yeah. Every time you think about Iowa or Arizona, you got to fucking do the Yosemite Sam fucking <laughs> <laughs> guns in the air, basically, outlaw state. All right, so one last thing that I was going to mention was I kind of had a weird, like, realization uh, type of deal today while at work. Okay, let's hear it. So basically, I was thinking about uh, well, a person in my family, my grandma. Uh, you know her, Grandma Dolores. Yep, yep. I was, <laughs> I was, I was kind of looking back fondly on like some of the things that she did. Like, it, I caught myself doing it, thinking like, oh, you know, it was kind of weird. Um, and I had a realization like, how long after someone's death? Do they turn from a nuisance to kind of like a living legend, like a folk <laughs> hero? Um, you know? Hmm. This is a good question. Um, this is actually can be tested with Stephen Hawking's at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 50 years, 100 years. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, the time frame is much shorter. So like during her life, I, I really didn't like her, you know, just kind of a nuisance. Uh, and then looking back today, I kind of felt like almost like she was like a folk hero. Like there was not <laughs> a single jail cell or mental institution that could hold this woman in the upper Midwest. If you had as many parking tickets as she's had DUIs, you'd probably have to go to jail for like five years. Maybe you know, one of those situations. Maybe so. <laughs> you should put her as a libertarian icon. That they should look forward to. Um, she's above the law, doesn't listen to the law. She does whatever the fuck she wants, you know? Um, they're real Very hero. true. Yeah. Move over, Gary Johnson. Here comes <laughs> Dolores. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, no, she, she... So all of those DUIs, all the time she was, you know... Uh, never really stopped driving. Uh, she even got caught with... Like multiple, you know, the stickers that you put on license plates for your registration. Yeah, yeah. She had peeled those stickers off of other people's cars Ooh. for years and had them stacked on top of each other. And she finally <laughs> got caught doing it after years. And she was still driving afterwards. She, just... didn't, she didn't give a fuck. She just did whatever yeah, it's she kinda, wants. It's kind of in my mind. I'm like, is she a, like in my mind? While she was alive, she died a couple years ago. In my mind, while she was alive, a menace to society, just a nuisance on the family. Now you look back and you're like, God, she's kind of a folk hero. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could sing songs about her. <laughs> yeah, Killdozer, basically. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, um, not many people will understand it, but um, I, I don't. I think I only met her one time. And, uh, but yeah, I heard many a great tales about the legendary rebel known as Dolores. 
I could do a whole podcast about stories. Honestly, I, <laughs> me and my brothers and sisters could have a podcast where we could have a hundred episodes just telling stories. It's pretty great. <laughs> hey. Have our cousins on as guest guest speakers. Hey, there you go. You got a, a million million dollar idea there. But yeah, uh, my favorite, my favorite's the one that you mentioned, uh, the Grave Runner story, yeah, where she yeah. took an RV through a graveyard and ran down like multiple tombstones. Yeah. <laughs> That's a legend right there. God damn. Um, but but it, uh, let's get on with the story. Let's all right. Go. All right. Here we go. I've talked enough. <laughs> on this week's installment of Sub D, we will be discussing the disappearance of three light kip keepers that has perplexed the world for over 120 years. Now, lighthouse keepers are often romanticized as stoic, tough men who are sent to an isolating mind deteriorating job where those who stay just a little bit too long will slowly descend into madness with the madness being so crazy they often uh, might be fantasizing about fucking a mermaid but after these three men disappeared off the face of the earth one has to wonder could this possibly have happened to them could have they descended into madness living on this isolated island Yes, the first ever incels, I believe. <laughs> is um Okay, so I want to put this out there. The movie The Lighthouse, have you watched it? Uh potentially. Is it a horror story, I'm guessing? Uh I wouldn't say it is. It's more like a fuck, I an artsy drama movie. <laughs> Basically, it okay. has Robert Pattinson and <laughs> why can't I think of his fucking name? He um he plays the Green Goblin in Spider-Man. Um, kind of a oh, I know. kind of a yeah, homely I man. I <laughs> he's on a lot of memes lately. I've noticed. Um, absolute legend. But yeah, he's basically it's the story of like two lighthouse keepers who were stuck on the island, and they're kind of like going crazy. Robert Pattinson ends up having sex with a mermaid fish thing, but I think he's hallucinating. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah, but. This is this story is not about that movie. That movie is apparently based on some other lighthouse incident. Okay, gotcha. I have seen quite a few things on Instagram of people on ships claiming to hear siren songs. Yeah, I'm so. I'm hearing that a lot lately. What is? I think one person mm. CGI'd it, and now everyone's kind of like jumping on board. It's the hot thing. Mermaids yeah. might be the hot new thing. They might so. be. They and that that and. The gray white sharks being bitten. That's the other one I keep hearing a lot, which is probably oh, okay. It's probably a fucking orca doing it because we all know they're the cunts of the sea. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, it's um. I would say there's always like one hot cryptid that kind of takes over in pop culture over all the other things. For a while, it was like vampires, then werewolves. You know, witches come back around here and there. Zombies were huge at one point. <laughs> Maybe mermaids are uh, the big thing right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a landlocked state, I don't think I have to really worry about them, but uh, I guess they they are kind of scary. Now, you got the Great Lakes there. You're not landlocked. Um, now, to get a little idea of the location we're going to be talking about is a place known as Flannan Islands or the Seven Hunters. Apparently, that was another term for it. If you were looking at a map of the United Kingdom, it is in the very, very northwest top of the map. Um, you'll see 
a very small series of islands. It's approximately 18 miles from the island of Lewis, which is actually visible on a map. These islands are so small, you'd, you'd have to like really zoom in uh, Google Maps. Now, the Flatten yep. Islands consist of two principal islands, which are the Elaine Moore, which is the big island, and the Elaine Tag, uh, Taj, which is the house island. I guess that's what they call them. The islands got their name from St. Flannan, who is a Irish bishop who Pope John IV christened a saint after he ventured to Rome. I wonder if that was a sober, sober adventure to Rome. <laughs> no, definitely not. A bunch <laughs> of casks got opened up on that voyage, I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of, at least in like some of the English or UK history that I've like read about a lot of maybe the church kind of people were like cartographers. Of course they were like the Jesuit priests would go out and try to convert people to. So apparently a lot of them kind of traveled around. So there's kind of a, it's, I don't know if it's a theory or a myth, uh, but there's this idea that there was actually a, like an Irish priest or something like that who had a map that he made like to America and that's what Christopher Columbus used to get, uh, you know, to sail um, out west. So it's kind oh. of this weird thing where uh, the tradition of like the church being like the learned people still kind of like went on up until around that point. So, <sighs> Well, all you can say is, God, how times have changed. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> they still do go out and try to convert people. What, yeah. what I do think is interesting. So. There's a whole cluster of islands here. Um, I think it's seven. And these two are the only ones that are kind of noteworthy, I guess. Um, but they did have a lot of like Norse names for them. So I don't know if that means like they were found <laughs> by Vikings originally and then they were named what they're named or whatnot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, ooh, the Norse did have a pretty big influence, obviously, in that area. And the Normans took over um, the UK. Ah, so okay. maybe that extended. Because for a while there, Norman was the the language of like the, the bourgeoisie, basically. Mm, so okay. maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, probably more likely the Norse. Um, either <laughs> found it or crashed there, which is probably why the lighthouses are there. I'm guessing there's nothing, so there's nothing more dangerous in the world than a bunch of Norwegians on a boat. I will tell you that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> still to this day, still to this day. Yes. Uh, now one source claimed that St. Flannan had decided to build a chapel on one of these islands, which, which Island I'm not really sure. Now, this sounds like bullshit, but I don't know if it is. But apparently, for centuries, shepherds would bring their sheep over to these islands, let the sheep kind of graze and all that. But they would always return the sheep home before they had to, before they stayed late. So they would have to, you know, camp overnight or whatever. And this is because an old ur urban legend talks about very deep into the night, Wild spirits would come out and torment anyone who dare linger on this remote island. So what I'm thinking here is like for a day trip to take your sheep here, 
kind of seems like a lot, right? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds, I mean, maybe it sounds like uh, herding all the sheep onto a boat, taking them to this island, and then leaving like that day. It doesn't sound really like worth it. You would have to take more food along for the trip than they would be able to eat in that short amount of time. Yeah, I guess I didn't consider the fact that maybe they're dumping the sheep on the island and then they're taking off and then come get the sheep later for the season there you go i bet that's how it is yeah yeah (laughs) set it and forget it just put put the (laughs) well what happens when too many irishmen or scotsmen put their sheep on the island how do they tell the difference between their sheep (laughs) they know it by the smell of the well you know what (laughs) but uh yellowstone (laughs) it's the same thing they'll basically they'll herd their livestock up into like the mountains where the all the you know the grasses and then they'll leave them there they'll leave a couple of guys there to make sure that the you know no one steals them or wolves don't get to them and then basically they'll just kind of hang out and eat there so yeah that's actually a good point that way the humans don't have to and if they're uninhabited they don't have to worry about predators maybe very true i mean it'd be pretty hard for a predator um to get to this island i guess um uh, gary Busey, perhaps <laughs> but that's about it <laughs> The lighthouse we'll be talking about is called the Flannan Isles Lighthouse, and it would be constructed near the highest point on Lane Moore Island. Uh, the Northern Lighthouse Board, who was the General Lighthouse Authority for Scotland and the Isle of Man, had commissioned a man by the name of David Allen Stevenson to design uh, this, at the time, very modern lighthouse. Construction would begin in 1895 and would be completed in 1899. Uh, Apparently, according to the source, the cost at the time was 1,899 pounds, which in today's money tracks for 233,261 pounds, which kind of seems like a fucking bargain for this thing. And I don't know if you can see this on the picture here. But it almost has like a little train trestle so they could load shit on the bottom and wheel it up easier into the lighthouse, which is pretty uh, innovative, I would say. Yeah. So any any ships coming into port, basically, um, the more you so looking at this picture, I think I may have heard about this. OK, uh, this story before, but I won't say shit. But yes, I can see the picture. Um, it is a, a little bit fuzzy, but um, 233,000 pounds. I'm not so sure about the exchange rate today. I will say in dollar amounts, that is, oh God. Um, well, I'll just say when I was living there, it was just less than double, but I think it's yeah. much less now. Um, so I would think it's like 300 to 400,000 American dollars, something like that. I think, we- um, you also, you also have to imagine too. They probably paid the people who were working yeah. on it very little. <laughs> very, very true. Um, so, like, for people who don't live in the United States who listen, let's just say this little lighthouse, if you had the government constructing this, <laughs> somehow, some way, this would be like a $50 million project to build this fucking lighthouse. And I'm not even kidding about that. Oh, Halliburton with their sweet, sweet fucking contracts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They would love to. Oh, yeah. We'll build you a fucking lighthouse. <laughs> it's not going to take four years. It's going to take 20. Yeah. And also, we're going to yeah. go, let's call it over budget. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, you know, even if you had heard of the story before, if you look at the picture and how high up 
on the aisle it actually is, um, it kind of makes these dudes disappearing even a little stranger, but um, we'll obviously get into that much later. Um, now, so for some reason, I was trying to kind of find firsthand accounts of what the life of a light keeper in the 1800s would be. Uh, it seems like hard information to come by, but there was one tidbit. This is from uh, Norwegian, ironically enough, lighthouse keepers, but I'm assuming they're kind of doing the same thing. Uh, so to kind of get an idea of what the three men would have been doing while they were stationed here at this particular lighthouse, um, it would come to no shock that the main time of the day that they were the busiest was at nighttime because this is when the light needed to keep projecting, you know, the most, I guess. A uh, common task for them would be make sure there's fuel for the light. Apparently, they would clean the glass on the, you know, that was projecting it like every single day. I suppose they didn't want no grime or nothing on there. Uh, the soot build up, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously keeping up repairs. Apparently, they also had to paint the lighthouse regularly, which I maybe the salt water air would deteriorate it. Is that sound natural? Yeah, I'm guessing. Well, there's two things. You want it to be seen during the day when the light isn't going to be the main thing that you see. Yeah. So yeah. maybe the, the white of the lighthouse actually kind of, you know. Uh, is the thing the big thing that's going to be seen when the sun shines off it also yeah the corrosion yeah uh, paint is still today paints one of the things that you put on something to keep it from corroding yeah so once that paint comes off the salt water the salt air will just eat away at that mortar and the fucking brick or whatever it's made out of stone yeah so yeah i can definitely see that um i will say though you would much rather be stationed at a lighthouse that was closer to uh, like populated areas. We saw that one lighthouse in New Orleans that they had converted into, I believe, apartments. Yeah. You would definitely want to be <laughs> at that lighthouse, fucking Bourbon Street, right? Fucking yeah. down. Oh, yeah. that's you're it. You're not living a solitary life at that point. No, no, or central. Not. <laughs> you know, this is. I thought this was kind of interesting too. Apparently, every single day. These guys had to practice the different um, light signals for the boats, I guess, to make sure they weren't too drunk one day and didn't remember <laughs> how to flick the light. I don't know. Um, but Honestly, you're just trying to fill your day at that point. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. So it kind of sounded like um, the three dudes would rotate on any given day what they would do. Uh, one guy had to stay up all night. And then they kind of rotate those guys. Another one would be kind of be in charge of the cooking. You know, you kind of get the idea. You, this would be your life. I wanted to know how long they actually stayed at these lighthouses. You know, you hear rumors of like months. I can't imagine it's years, um, but I couldn't really find that. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. So at least you had some company. You had the three, the two other dudes there along with yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you had someone to play fucking chess with, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, along, if you had some other people to get along with, you didn't mind that uh, you didn't have like a family there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know 
like a modern day human. I don't know how long they could <laughs> stick with it. Those were some hard men, I imagine, uh, yeah. doing this shit back yeah. then. Yeah. So. Um, okay, to be fair, in modern times, if you're doing this with the internet and stuff, you just play fucking games all day or something. Oh, no, Probably. I meant like go back in time and ah. live that life. Yeah, nowadays doing that, I'd be, I'd be fine. Like, I would like to uh, see it'd be the, nice. It'd be nice to go to a bar every once in a while, like about a month, maybe three tops. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, say that would be my guess. How long people even back then were stationed here? Maybe three months. But um, mm-hmm. you can see the pictures of the guys we're going to talk about here and the mustaches. I would love if some of these hipsters um, who dress like this now, uh, we could just put them on this island with no electricity and stuff and just see see how they can do. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of boats crashing because I'm guessing they're going <laughs> to neglect their fucking uh, responsibilities. I will say, um, yeah, it would be it would be a rough life. Yeah. Um, imagine, too, it's it's got to be a lot of like downtime. You're kind of just hanging around um, and then all of a sudden at night, you know, one guy's got to stay up at night. They probably, you know, switch that up. So your, your sleep schedule probably is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which, I mean, kind of live it, doing the military thing for so long. Every once in a while, you just got to stay up all night. You know? Yeah. You got to yeah. it. Unless you're in like finance or something. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, continuing on here now, I want to kind of keep everybody, keep this in mind that the guys we're going to talk about, the missing people, we literally almost know nothing about them outside of they're working here and their names. So um, I don't even know. We don't know if they're married. They had kids. Where the fuck they're from. We don't even really. They just were here and then they uh, they vanished. So keep that in mind. But the three men we're kind of alluding to here are named Donald MacArthur, James Ducat, and Thomas Marshall. And the events we're going to be talking about all happened in December of 1900, which means this lighthouse was about one year old at this point. So you wouldn't think there'd be all these malfunctions and shit. Yeah. The the story all begins when a ship called Archtor had been traveling from Philadelphia to the port in Leith, which is apparently a port in Edinburgh. Have you ever heard of this before? Well, no, obviously been to Edinburgh, yeah. uh, as you have. Yeah. Um, the port in Leith. I've never, I don't know quite what Leith is, if it's kind of like a, a part of Edinburgh or so, if it's actually just what the port's called. So but. if you Google Port Leith or whatever, um, you have Edinburgh and then where it touches the sea, it's like right there to the north of the city. Um, that's what it looks like on a map. Okay. So, so it's kind of like... Um, St. Paul is to Minneapolis. It'd be more like uh, whatever city is north of St. Paul. If there is a giant, the 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 port had to belong to Edinburgh, and I don't know why they called it Leith, but or maybe it was like mm-hmm. a littler town right outside of Edinburgh. But if you Google it, it looks like it's a part of Edinburgh. So I thought that was oh, kind of interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But back then, maybe it, it was separate. The towns hadn't touched yet. Yeah. yeah, it could be. I don't know. It just, um, I thought it was kind of interesting. And if you look at like the how they had to travel to get to this port, 
It's like going all the way up and around Scotland and then coming back down to get into the port of uh, of Leith here. So it'd be a hell of a journey. Now, as Archtor had passed by Flannan Isle on December 15th, 1900, the crew had noticed that the light was currently out in the lighthouse. One source claims that the Archtor continued its voyage to Leith for the next three days, then decided to inform someone who worked uh, at the Northern Lighthouse Board of the light being out. So it seems kind of dangerous to wait this long, although I know it's harder to tell anybody right away, you know what I mean? But um, Yeah, I would say, I don't know, God, 1900, were they able to transmit Morse code over the airwaves? There, there is a telegram in this story, but later on... Um, it, this part of the story is kind of interesting because this, I want you to tell me what you think. So one, like one source kind of says the boat just notices, takes off, tells the people in charge to go check it out. They send someone back. Another one kind of makes it sound like this boat stops to check it out. So I'm not exactly oh, okay. sure, but I think judging by the dates, it makes more sense that they went to port, told somebody, then somebody came out to check on the people at the lighthouse. Yeah, especially if you are taking supplies or taking, you know, um, you have a schedule to keep and it's not really your business that the the light's not there. Yeah. I mean, if there was a radio at the time, then definitely they probably would have radioed like that situation in. Like, hey, tell them to, you know, <laughs> put down the fucking booze and yeah. get back up to the lighthouse, yeah. basically. <laughs> well, I will say we didn't mention something. I You might mention it. Uh, later on What's uh, that? were these sailors from philadelphia because if that is the case i mean they are some pretty wild people there could they have just killed the lighthouse workers ah it could be it could be the philadelphia eagles offensive line um if they were eagles fans yeah, oh they're definitely dead potentially 76ers fans possibly yeah. if they were eagles fans i you can't <laughs> you can't ever doubt that uh, at least trying to trash the lighthouse you know, they'd be throwing batteries and horse shit at it. That's for sure. Um, so <laughs> on a good day after a win, definitely. I it, judging from, I don't actually, I don't know. I almost get the impression that they are Scots who went to America, then are coming back. Um, okay. So I, maybe they fought Eagles fans there and then came back. I don't know. Maybe they're stuck on the boat. I don't know, something, but uh, yeah, I'm not really sure the voyage. I imagine Scotland to Philadelphia probably takes how fucking long on a boat? Oh, back during this time? Uh, I, I think, ooh, what did they say? Wasn't it weeks for the Titanic? Which was, who knows what type of boat, how fast this one goes. So I'm guessing like weeks to get there, maybe a month or so. God damn. I would dread that more than staying at the lighthouse for three months. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why they made those boats that went across the ocean. That's why they made them so luxurious. It's because you were basically living on this thing for weeks at a time. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, do you think boats, like let's say cruise ships even, um, make that voyage still to this day? Um, you can take a cruise ship like up to Iceland and then out to 
um, Scotland and, you know, maybe kind of up in the, what is that? What is that? The North Sea, I think, I believe it's called. I know, I think my mom was talking about like looking into that one. I believe they are going to Greece. They're Ah. going to like Italy and Greece. They're taking a cruise out there. But I do believe, so I, um, yeah, I do believe that you can take cruises up to, uh, like Norway, all of those countries. So that'd be kind of fun, but I, I'm like, I wonder how long, even in modern times, that takes with that big ass boat. Oh yeah, well, boats are much faster now. Um, they also, you know, basically they're driving themselves. Uh, the problem is those things are disease infested. Yeah, fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah, cesspools. So the, I wouldn't want to be on one. Ironically enough, I was looking into that as an episode was cruise ships because I had heard these rumblings about um, they experienced like 12 deaths a year or something on average <laughs> on cruise ships. So and, let's see. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, apparently they just throw them in the freezer and then they have a free meal for everybody to make room for the dead body. Um, maybe that'll be an episode in the future, but uh, continue. Oh, they to get rid of food. To make they, make they space an extra meal to oh, make okay. space for the body to go in the freezer. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> so your fucking uh, chicken fries are coming out right next to a dead body. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing it's okay. Oof, They're fine. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. It's just a potentiality for an episode. But continuing on here, so we're gonna go under the assumption that this vessel is gonna be departing from Leith Port. Back to Flannan Isle, okay? So that's how the story I'm going to tell you is going to go. So the small vessel would deport from the port in Leith and head out to Flannan Isle to check out the lighthouse. The man in charge of this vessel was Captain James Harvey. And I don't know if this was on purpose or planned, but they actually brought the lightkeeper who was supposed to dismiss One of the men already working at the lighthouse, his name was Joseph Moore. It appears at this point the date is December 26th, 1900, about, what, nine days from when they noticed the light was out. Uh, Captain Harvey would pull up to the landing platform near the island and was shocked that, you know, nobody was waiting there for him or they didn't notice him coming. So he sounded the horn on the boat, got no response. He then sent up a warning flare, but also got nobody's attention. And clearly something was not right on Flannan Island. So the date that they actually got to Flannan Island was the 26th, or that was the day that they took off? That was the day they got there. Okay. Well, maybe they were celebrating Boxing Day, potentially, and (laughs) having their their little meal. There was mentions of Boxing Day. Yeah, blowing out their little poppers. So, um, day after Christmas is that is, is that Boxing like a day. is Boxing Day a United Kingdom thing? Because I know it's a Canada yes. thing. I'm guessing that means it's also UK. Yeah, from what I was told, Boxing Day. So back in the day, um, all of the rich people would celebrate Christmas, and in order to make their Christmas good, their servants would have to like you know cook the food, do everything for them, you know. Uh, they would have to like a servant would have to work on Christmas, but they would get the day off um, on the day 
after Christmas, which is called Boxing Day, which is kind of like when the poor people would celebrate their Christmas. Now, like everyone celebrates both kind of situation. There's different little things, apparently, that people do on Christmas compared to Boxing Day. Um, I'm not so well versed. I know there's something with poppers and a little hat that you put on a paper hat. (laughs) I don't know which one that is, but Uh, I believe that is Boxing Day. The paper crown. How situation. I just want to tell you the irony of the fact that servants who probably got treated poorly from these rich people got the day after Christmas off. And I do not get the day after Christmas off currently. Um, I, and a lot of people don't. I just want to throw that out there. So um, in a weird way, the servants of these rich people got treated better than most corporate workers. Uh, potentially. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would I wouldn't want to do any job at all back in those days. No. So but at least they got the day after Christmas off. Yeah, that's not as cool as I don't remember where the tradition, but there was I believe it was in Britain, but there was an old tradition where basically the day after Christmas or potentially Christmas, poor people would like ransack rich people's houses and the rich people would have to like give them all their food and let them like party in their house, drink all their wine and stuff. I don't know if that was in England or if it was somewhere else, but that was always my favorite like Christmas kind of tradition. Okay. Was. Uh, we <laughs> we need to impose that law in the United States. Like anybody who wants to can go to Jeff Bezos's house, um, Zuckerberg's house, whoever. We gotta just go and fucking shit all over their house. Piss every corner of the house. Just fuck their house up. Yeah, if you did that to Jeff Bezos's house, you would be up in one of his spider webs. You'd be feasting <laughs> on your fresh corpse. Big, these are for the Ellen. children. We got fresh, <laughs> fresh meat for the children today, honey. <laughs> his children climbed down from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I like how he keeps evolving in our yeah, stories. Yeah. Well, he's a uh, he's a. Um, and what, what's the term anamorphic anapomorphic is that a the creatures that keep changing oh the old 90s book series the animals yeah. <laughs> a human that turns into an animal yeah dude i should make the one of anamorphs but like with jeff bezos turning into any creature you could with just new covers uh spider <laughs> lizard snake uh whale i don't whatever just all sorts of animals but uh continue let's move on <laughs> <laughs> now, the replacement lighthouse keeper, Joseph Moore, uh, would depart from the small vessel on an even smaller vessel <laughs> and row ashore to investigate. Uh, Joseph would go on to claim that as he made his way up the hill, he kind of had this foreboding fear that just he was going to find something that he did not want to see. After- Gang bang. <laughs> Just the three men, just a fucking huge gay orgy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, it's been a few months. Man. I can see Joseph knocking on the door. I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Joseph finally reached the lighthouse and he claimed that he immediately knew that something was wrong because the main door leading into the lighthouse itself was unlocked. He continued inside and he noticed that two of the three oil skinned coats were missing from their hanging place a chair had been overturned in the kitchen as if someone had gotten up real quickly and dashed out also there was half-eaten food just laying on the table like 
clearly somebody had dashed out of this lighthouse in, a, in an instant. Yeah, all of the zombie post-apocalyptic movies you see, every time they walk into a house, there's always partially eating, eaten meals and turned over chairs at yeah. the table. Yeah, To let you know everyone got out of here. Like, their lives were pretty normal up until, like, one instance and then bang. So, um, Do they just think, like, let's just take America, for example, because a lot of zombie shows take place in America, that we're just literally sitting around eating all day just waiting for something to happen so we can leave the food there and then dash out of the house. Stupid Hollywood. Don't you know we eat our potato chips in front of the television? (laughs) Those little uh, TV dinner trays in front of the TV, those are no joke, people. Those are an American (laughs) tradition. The movie Matilda. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, do you? how much of this story do you believe you know already? Um, I believe I'm trying to remember. I don't want to give it away. Um, I believe they find one of the men is no, that no, absolutely. Not. They don't find any. Oh, okay. This might be a different story or a different telling of it then. As I believe in the story that I heard, they had found one of the men and he's kind of the one who claimed all of these fantastical things, but this might be a completely different story. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that there's more than one lighthouse story i believe the one that i'm thinking of involved ufos not Ah, i mean if you want to we can at the end of the episode we can talk about it we can put the ufos in there but uh we'll kind of continue on with the investigation here so joseph just kind of continued searching the grounds of lighthouse Uh, he couldn't find any sign of any of the three light keepers who were in charge of the lighthouse Uh, Joseph would return to Captain Harvey to report that the men had disappeared. Captain Harvey would quickly send a telegram to Northern Lighthouse Board headquarters that read, this is the exact quote that he sent to them, a dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. Three keepers, Ducant, Marshall, and the occasional have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was seen on the island, fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land more, uh, who went up to the station but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped and other signs indicated that an accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have blown off the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on, we could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left more Donald Boy Boymaster and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. So we're going to talk about the crane uh, in a little bit here. But um, yeah, I don't know. This is um, a very vague message basically saying, He's pretty sure these guys are dead so far. Um, the arrangement of words and how he <laughs> says them, I don't make sense in uh, American English, I guess. But uh, uh, this feels like a way a Scotsman would would send out a distress signal. Yeah, he's making a little bit of a speculation about the men blowing over the cliff. I'm guessing that there was a like a cargo loading crane that they would have to secure if there was a storm. So maybe he assumed that there was a storm and the men flew over the side of the cliff or off of that um, pier. The the crane was fine. Okay, I want to 
We're going to talk about that, but there was items from a crate that was by or something, the supply crane that was like tipped over. Um, but oh. we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, it's, I feel like it's something that's like kind of a clue, but not necessarily a cause, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, like I wouldn't say it's necessarily what killed them. You know what I mean? But we'll gotcha. have to, we'll have to talk about that. Um, when we get there, uh, I can continue on kind of. Uh, once we get into the logbook, which we're going to be doing next, I think maybe it'll shine a little light on some other clues. Okay. So, so I'm thinking potentially there was maybe a porn stash in that cargo <laughs> crate, and they were all trying to fight over it. Those are and... vintage Playboys, goddammit. Save them. <laughs> Those have never been opened. No, 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 don't open them. <laughs> Those are porno mags of girls who don't have red hair. You know how rare that is in Scotland? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> there isn't a ginger bush on one of those. Yeah. Benches. Can you believe it? <laughs> they, were brought, they were brought from Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, he said that the one of them, the, there was the two men and then the occasional man. So I'm wondering if the guy who was supposed to be the replacement was only replacing like one guy and the other yeah. two guys, Ducat and Marshall were kind of like almost permanent, not permanent, but meant to be like long-term men. And um, the third guy was kind of a guy that you just kind of, you know, in and out. Just, like a, fill, that position. just like a fill-in? A part-timer. Yeah. yeah. Unless he didn't know the guy's name, but you think he probably would if they're there investigating it. Yeah, you would hope. Also, did it say that he sent the telegram from the island or did he send it from the ship? Okay, it doesn't say. Um, how do you believe it would have to have to have been sent from the island or the? I I don't. So nineteen hundred. I know that they did have like later. I know um, during World War Two um, radios and telegrams. They were starting. Um, you didn't need necessarily like short range. You didn't need wires to send them if you oh, were close enough. Okay. Which is maybe the boat that came in from Philly um, to Edinburgh. Maybe that one didn't have telegraph capabilities, or maybe there were telegraphs on the island and they were wired. Um, if it was close enough to show to the main, you know, to Scotland, maybe they were wired because they do have underwater. Um, oh, telegraph wires. Lines. Okay. Yeah, telegraph wires, they can actually put them underwater. So I don't it's, know if it's important enough. Um, a lighthouse, honestly, back then was super important. So maybe it was important enough to have underwater telegraph lines. Um, I'm not too sure about the history, though, of telegraphs to know if they had um, over-the-air communications with telegraph at this well, point. Okay, so let's just speculate. Remember, this lighthouse is brand new for the time, okay? So you would assume it has all the best amenities. Um, but if I had to speculate on this, I would assume this boat or some send another boat to go to the um, Isle of Lewis, which is the big island that has um, kind of, the you know, Scotland proper is very close to it. So if they went there, got to a 
bigger city or town or whatever, maybe they could send a message that way. Okay. So you, you think it might've been, they didn't send the telegraph while at the Island. They may have went to the big Island and then yes. send a telegraph. Yes. That's what I gotcha. would, that's what I would guess. Cause what, um, on a boat in this time, 18 miles, I suppose it what takes a day, half a day, maybe. Gotcha. So the telegraph may have, been sent uh later on at the big island rather than yeah. on the boat or on that small island yes. that would make a lot more sense if there was actually decent facilities um on the big island though you did kind of mention this was a very modern lighthouse yeah. so they may have had that capability but yeah i would say the bigger island where there's actually more than just one lighthouse and three people probably more likely to have that lighthouse Scott, so. how be, how much of a bitch would it be to dig or whatever underwater lines? You know, you'd have to have, you'd presume at least 18 miles of it getting to the I'm, mainland. I'm not too sure. I think that they had, I know that that's the reason why they wanted to buy like Alaska at first. Um, there was kind of this idea of putting like long distance underwater uh, telegraph lines under the Bering Strait oh. from Alaska to Russia. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know like how the longest we would have to look that up. Yeah, but it was it is a thing like having telegraph and telephone like wires underwater like was a thing. So here's the other thing you would assume if these men were experiencing some sort of danger or whatever um, or needed help the workers at the lighthouse, why wouldn't they send out a telegram if there was yeah, one here? They, well, ooh, that's a good point. I mean, it kind of makes it sound like from this guy's telegraph that they were trying to secure something during like a storm or, you know, during wind or something like that. Yeah. So maybe it kind of happened all of a sudden. Maybe they got caught up yeah, that... or maybe they were fucking hallucinating <laughs> going crazy. Got it. of boon. They were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mermaids got them, man. Um, yeah. Uh, we can continue on here. We'll, we'll kind of revisit that. I think the them all being swept up at once is probably the prevailing theory. How they got swept up all at once is the interesting one. But we will. Okay. We'll. Uh, we have a few possibilities to discuss at the end here. So. So after they received the telegram, uh, a few days passed, and the Northern Lighthouse Board would send out its superintendent named Robert Muirhead uh, to investigate deeper. What is interesting about Robert is that he is actually the man who recruited all three of these men, and he knew them on kind of a more personal basis. So I imagine this was kind of hard for him to investigate if these dudes were dead. Um, after Robert started his investigation, he wouldn't really find anything outside of what Joseph already had, except for the logbook, which had some very interesting logs in it. Uh, kicking off on December 12th, a log written by Thomas Marshall, the second assistant, he said, severe winds like severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in my 20 years. He also wrote that James Ducant was abnormally quiet and William MacArthur, who was a very, very extreme experienced mariner and Scotsman who loved to pick fights on the mainland, apparently uh, had been crying 
Uh, there's no re- <laughs> Nobody can figure out why this guy is crying. But apparently, just a good old Scottish boy who yeah. loved to drink and fight. But I don't know why; he's just in a sourpuss mood. But um, I will say it is. I will say before you, before yeah, yeah, you continue, yeah. it is sad that uh, HR was sent out uh, to investigate <laughs> this. So there's like, is there any possibility of needing to do payouts? Because we got this guy to make sure that the you know the slate's clean for the company. Nobody, no crime. We're good. I never thought <laughs> we are clean here. I never thought about that. What if this guy found that equipment malfunctioned and killed him that was owned by the company, and then he had to just dispose their bodies and just say they went missing, so the company wouldn't have to pay out to their families. There was an injury on the island. The crane had accidentally swung, and now we're speculating. The crane had swung <laughs> and injured the men. They said, "Oh my God, he broke his leg. We need to take him to the hospital." Ooh, that sounds expensive. <laughs> and he just threw them all overboard once he got them on the boat. <laughs> yeah, um, but I just love that they made sure to to let everybody know that William MacArthur loved to just start fighting people. So um, I guess it's a good Scotsman there. But uh... <laughs> that could be something that's just written in his little obituary. Yeah. Loved- he was a good Scotsman. He loved to drink. You love to fight. <laughs> now, ginger as the day is long. Uh, now, the log from December 13th stated that the storm was still raging throughout the night. The wind had shifted to west by north. Uh, MacArthur had been praying most of the day. And then by the afternoon, Marshall, DeCant, and MacArthur were all praying together. On December 15th, the log stated that the storm had ended, the seas were all calm, and then it said in there, God is all over. This is an interesting log that nobody seems to be able to figure out why that is in there. Um, But what is interesting is it is documented, not necessarily just by the log book, but I'm assuming by passing ships, that... The 15th, there was no storm, and a storm did not pick up again until December 17th, but the log stopped on the 15th, leading them to believe that they were dead, or whatever happened to them had to have happened on the 15th. Okay, so God is over all is yeah. the big thing that they end it. That must have been one hell of a fucking storm <laughs> if... Uh... <laughs> These men found Jesus. They probably it's back in 1900. Yeah. They were probably yeah. yeah. Were they Catholics <laughs> or Protestants? Ooh, so I know I, this is going back hundreds of years, but it's one of those deals where um, kind of the war between Scotland and England was the Anglicans versus the Catholics. Okay, so okay. I would say Ireland, obviously super Catholic. I would say Scottish. Um, still more Catholic than Protestant, though okay. I'm not so sure about you know 1900. Okay, but I definitely know like 500 years ago, yeah, Catholic. Catholic. Okay, yeah. So yeah, what the whole? I don't know if the logbook is kind of like makes it seem like these guys are going a little cuckoo. Um, because you have crying, then praying, then I don't know what happened on the 15th. Yeah, it kind of sounds like. Imagine if you were on a plane 
And all of a sudden there's some turbulence yeah. and then the turbulence got worse and worse to the point where it felt like the wings were about to fly off. And then all of a sudden everyone's praying, everyone's trying to call home to their family. And then all of a sudden it just is fine. Perfect. Yeah. Flight. Yeah. Yeah. You would imagine like you were praying to God, you were praying to God. And even like an atheist would be like, Holy shit. Thank God. <laughs> you know, maybe which is our, I, you know, our way of saying God is overall. Thank fucking God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you hear, hear that passage, you think that is just like them saying, thank God the storm is done. Yeah. So basically they went through a uh, trying time and then they're just like storm ended. The sea's calm. Thank fucking God. Like yeah. we're through it basically I, which i mean they're on an island it's not like the island's gonna sink no you no, know no, no, no but i think what where this story kind of gets weird um if you really think about it so the 15th they almost had to have been gone because the light was out right but they also made a log for the 15th so at some point during the day something happened to them but it's documented that the storm is over and everything's calm so yeah where where that's where it's like where the fuck is the wave or whatever that got him coming from you know what i mean could have been a could have been a rogue wave yeah they're speculating that or something <laughs> else that's even more complicated but um we're kind of we're kind of going to move into the theories section here i guess um so okay basically with all the information that robert had collected uh, he still couldn't figure out exactly what happened um, and one of the main things, the linchpins to figure out what happened to them was the oilskin jackets, okay? So mm. clearly, one man did not put on his oilskin jacket, which is weird because it is December and it would be pretty cold there. Now, this, you know, with the storm brewing as well. So according to Robert, it was actually against the Lighthouse Board's regulations that all three light, light keepers could be outside of the lighthouse at any given time. Granted, without any supervisors, they could break that, but it is kind of weird that it, at least one of them ran out of the door without his jacket on. So there's evidence of that because the jacket was left, the food was left, the table or the chair was tipped over. So why was he running outside in such a hurry? Whoever, whichever oh, one it was. Yeah, so speculating that one of the men ran out with Jack and then the other two men followed behind him. No, no, no. The other two men must have been outside already with their jackets on. This guy, oh, okay. had, for some reason, had to run out of the lighthouse immediately. See, when I... When... With the whole, like, two jackets thing, one jacket... Um, it could go either way kind of in my mind okay. as in like if one guy kind of had a moment of craziness or hallucination, something like that, he may have kind of like, um, the story about the Sasquatch where, um, all of the people inside the tent are sleeping without their heavy coats on and everything when they're mountain climbing oh, and they run out yeah. of the tent, the, the warm tent the into the night. Die What's that? The Dietlaw pass or Dietlaw yeah. or whatever it is. It kind of makes me think of like one guy had a moment 
craziness where he ran out of the lighthouse without his coat. The other guys went to go chase after him, grabbed their coats, and then ran out after. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking it was. I did. Yeah, I, I could see. I could see if there was two guys already outside working, and then the one guy was trying to figure out like or heard something, or was trying to figure out what's going on, and then like ran out without his coat on. Maybe that too. I, I never even oh. considered your first possibility, but I do like that. Like maybe a guy did go a little bit insane. Guys went out to restrain him, I guess, or something. And then a wave gobbled him up. Yeah. Reel him back in. Yeah. Um, or there was, you know, uh, who knows? So maybe it was a goddamn mermaid or rogue wave <laughs> a big gust of wind something like that um or maybe the guy was you know close to the edge thinking about jumping and then you know they went to go catch him and they fell over themselves or something like that but yeah it's it's one of those deals where with the one coat their two coats missing thing i imagine it's somebody ran out and then the other two followed but grabbed their coat first because they still had their senility so okay Keep that idea in mind. Now, I will yep. talk about the crane, what they're alluding to with the crane here. So, gotcha. what the crane, the whole situation with the crane, there was a supply crate that contained all of these ropes, okay? Now, they the supply crane was fine and everything, but the ropes that were in the crate were found tossed all around the rocks, okay? So... What Robert ultimately concludes is that for some reason the ropes fell out and then a the men must have went down to try to collect them and a just so happened that a wave or something just swept him out into the sea. Does that... Gotcha. So it wasn't necessarily the crane. There was a supply crate next to the crane that had ropes in it the ropes had fallen out of the supply crate and were scattered all over the rocks. So, um, yeah. Okay. So obviously where that crane is, it's kind of in the picture. It's kind of where that little pier is. It's not up by the lighthouse. Yes. Now, if you see the, uh, other picture I linked here of the <laughs> raising up this poor horse here. So, um, <laughs> If we envision this, the I'm assuming there was a box on the end of that crane with ropes in it. Ropes must have been scattered all over these rocks here. Um, so what is interesting is if you see the distance from the lighthouse to this point, right, at the bottom yep. of the aisle, um, if it was the third guy, he had to run a really fucking long ways. Um, to get down here in time to get swallowed by a wave that did not pick up the ropes as well. Oh, especially on a fucking diet of, I'm guessing, pickled herring and scotch whiskey. Yeah. So yeah. probably he's <laughs> I will eating also, I, his breakfast. He's probably eating his breakfast beans. <laughs> Most definitely on toast. Um, I will say the picture you have of the horse being lifted up um, by the crane, you do know that that horse realizes he's going to die on that fucking island. <laughs> so, 
Maybe, maybe That's the last bit of dry land he's ever going to see. Maybe that it was the ghost of this horse that uh, killed him. Potentially, yeah. Kind of like those horses you hear about that live their entire lives down in a mine. Yeah. That sort of oh situation. My god. Oh my god. <laughs> so here, I want to propose one interesting thing, and I don't know if you know. So let's just say these ropes were all over the rocks still... You got to imagine even almost, you know, over a week after um, these guys disappeared and the ropes are still sitting there and another storm had hit. You would assume if a wave engulfed these guys, the ropes shouldn't have been there, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe some of the ropes were also swept out to sea um, and the ropes, you know, getting caught up on rocks and shit, maybe ta- tangle themselves up on the rocks. Because you can see from that picture, it's very, um, it's not a smooth surface. No. It's a very jagged surface. Yeah. So if those ropes <clears throat> got caught up on the rocks, then I could see how one rogue wave hits, scatters all of that stuff, and then all of the ropes kind of get tangled up in that rock. So so, so that basically the light board or lighthouse board, um, this was kind of the, their prevailing theory, although there is some things that don't quite make sense, I guess, um, especially with if they believe a third man in an emergency ran out there to help them. Um, yeah. That's a, I, I don't know. To me, it looks like quite a jaunt for this guy <laughs> to get down there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it... You, <laughs> It's 70 feet in the air, too. So there's also that. Um, yep. I mean, I not... in a time when cardio wasn't that. Important. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so <laughs> like I said, I think this is where the it kind of gets weird because you can't really pinpoint what happened to him, especially because the not a single body or piece of clothing had ever been found of these guys ever. So, um, yeah. I, I I don't know. Yeah, just kind of swept out to sea, basically, never seen again. Um it's ooh. Yeah, I mean it's would this island have been close enough to the shore to where they would have washed up somewhere else um on another island? Um maybe they were eaten by who knows what's up there, goddamn <laughs> sharks, maybe. <laughs> eaten by Vikings. Um uh yeah. <laughs> We remember there's this is a cluster of seven islands. I mean, how close they are to each other that I'm not entirely certain, but they must have been close enough because the the rescue boat or the other vessel that came uh, to kind of investigate initially had parked somewhere nearby and sent the little boat to with the guy on it to go investigate the island. Yeah, I'm guessing that this would be the the picture we're looking at. I'm guessing this would be the point where you would pull your little boat up to yeah. um, to get there. Yeah. So you don't take your big boat and put it up to this point. No. You take your, you, you, uh, you know, you jump on your smaller boats, you take them, and then you take the stairs. Um, you can kind of see can the you, little point there at the bottom. So Can you imagine how slippery those stairs are? Oh, fuck. Holy shit. (laughs) Anybody who's had, like, walked in stairs around a lake or 
Well, I mean, for us, it's a lake, but holy fuck, it's like an ice rink trying to get up the stairs. Oh, definitely. And especially during, what, December 26th? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little icy. It's a little little chilly up there. So, um, ooh. Yeah, I would say that, I don't know. Also, too, you got to remember, um, there might be a liability issue. So if you claim that it was partially Mother Nature's fault, partially the worker's fault, you don't have to pay anyone out. True. So very it true. may have been very advantageous to come up with a story. <laughs> perhaps. Hey, perhaps. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> um, this is the robber baron time we're talking about here. So very, very fucking true. Um, so kind of another theory that was tossed around. Now, this these next ones, I will say a little bit more far fetched. Um, there's one of the theories in this kind of goes back to Mr. Fighting William MacArthur here. Um, some speculate. What if William had began an argument that led into a fight with one of the lighthouse lighthouse keepers near a cliff? Uh, the third man then ran out to try to break him up and had in- inadvertently all three of them fell into the ocean. Okay. Mm. Now the only problem is there's no signs of any sort of violence happening, which I guess that would kind of there should be some sort of an ev- evidence of a tussle. I guess. Gotcha. It could have been a good su- the good son situation where there was uh, both of them hanging off the edge of the cliff. The guy tried to save both of them, but they ended up pulling himself, <laughs> him and themselves, down the cliff. Could, yeah, it could be. I <laughs> I don't know. Um, great, great Macaulay Culkin. Yes, ex- better than Home Alone. I'll tell you that much. Um, now the and ne- the dude from Lord of the Rings. Got to mention him. Yes, but, yes. Yeah. Um, kind of the next one's kind of similar to that. It's w- what if one of the guys? Okay, I'm not sure who. Not sure which one. He killed the two other ones. He dumped their bodies in the ocean. And then he fled in a boat um, to try to escape all the debts that he owed. And everybody would just believe that all three of the men were dead, including himself, meaning he could uh, get out of debt, I guess. Yeah. Well, you got to remember at that time, extremely easy to change your identity. Yeah. Probably even easier yeah. than during uh, what we usually talk about, taking an eraser to your uh, <laughs> identification card just writing down her new name back then you show up on a, you know, all of the little, you know, there's all of the islands, the cities in the UK, everything like that. Ireland itself. Um, God damn. Yeah. You could easily show up somewhere and just say, Oh yeah, my name is Henry Flanagan. And now you're Henry Flanagan yeah. forever. Yeah. You know, fuck it. Yeah. So that one doesn't really make sense. Um, there's another one that maybe foreign spies, where enemies had landed here and kidnapped them, but Ooh. what possible reason and who the fuck would kidnap three Scottish lighthouse keepers? Ugh, three Scottish lighthouse keepers. What year is this? The 1900s? Yeah. Um, goddamn. America was just in a war with Spain. The, I would say the British at that time were kind of, pretty getting pretty wary of the germans um 
Maybe it was the Germans, the Russians. They were kind of in a frenemy situation, yeah, I believe, yeah. with the Russians. Yeah. Um, because the Entente was kind of starting during that time. So, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, I doubt it would have been the Austro fucking Hungary, whatever those little, whatever those uh, now dead empires are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, God, even the Scandinavian countries were still, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Norway, I believe was still a kingdom that had a little bit of fight left in it at that time, but it (laughs) had lost most of its fight by then. Yeah. So pretty much, and then, you know, the world wars pretty much capped them off completely. So, So, yeah, I would say maybe the Germans would be about it. But what, what is the point of them taking him. Oh, there's no point. Yeah. See, that's where it's <laughs> like at all. It's like mm-hmm. uh yeah, that one that one doesn't really make sense. Now, this next one is a little complicated to explain, but um this is one of the more modern days theories about what happened. Um have you ever heard of something called a geo geos, I guess. A geos. geos. No, I uh I don't believe I've heard of a geos. So apparently what this is, is, you know, from the constant corrosion of the sea hitting a particular area of the island causes corrosion, causes a narrow gully. Everyone's probably seen them. Now, what is important about this is there usually can be like a, a little cave in the island, right? Kind of by where this geos is. So what they speculate is these men were around this area. The water from the sea was forced in to the cave, which caused it to shoot out at a rapid force. And then uh. they wouldn't have known it's there and took them out. I think the only thing that's weird about this is they've probably been here for quite a while. Yeah. Um, how would they not notice this at all? Like, Or like not stand by it when... Waves are crashing, or you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, OSHA would have taped that off and read by now, pretty much, <laughs> is the situation. Yeah. I will say it kind of sounds like you hear about with water, um, the splashback, kind of like a bathtub situation, Yeah, where if you splash all the water against the uh, back wall of the bathtub, it all comes back, kind of yeah. yeah. deal. Um, you'd, now you'd, yeah, have, they, you'd have to imagine the bathtub theory, but with a hole deep hole in it and it hits with force and then kind of shoots back out equal and opposite reaction kind of situation yeah yeah um i could i could see that i do the what you were talking about with the men kind of knowing it's there um if there was a a larger wave and then all of a sudden that happened and they maybe hadn't seen a wave hit like that before um, I'm guessing that the wave has to like hit just perfectly to where it kind of hits that out. cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I get obviously. I think they discovered the caves on these islands like later when they had the technology to do so. But um, but yeah, oh, these weren't well explored islands, were they? They just built this thing a few years before, and you even said. People would leave their sheep here and then bolt. Yeah. Well, I so. went. I okay. I should clarify. Not necessarily this particular island. I don't know if that's the case, but 
any of the islands around it, they would. Oh, so like gotcha. a series. Okay. I believe what it was alluding to is that this island originally had the chapel that the uh, Saint Saint Flannan uh, had his little church on. Okay. Why the hell would you build a chapel on an uninhabited he's an Ir- rock? He's an Irishman. Don't question him. I don't know. <laughs> he may have been a little bit more when he decided. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a good place for a church right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, fuck, I don't know. He built what he called a church, really. It was just a fucking, like, a tool shed. A shanty. Thing. Yeah, a shanty. <laughs> a shanty. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the picture of the island, um, I I mean, God, it would be hard to get your sheep up there, right? Like, obviously, they put the stairs there. Like, they weren't just there. Um, How the fuck would they get their sheep up there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, like, I know some like mountain goats or whatever, maybe could climb those rocks. Yeah. Maybe there's another part of the island that has a better, um, no, wait, why wouldn't they use that for the pier? No. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, that's a very hard place to get your sheep onto. Well, the only yeah. thing I could think of is if like, you know, cause they said this was like centuries ago, right? Unless it got yeah. washed out or something eventually, like it, they had an easier way to get up there a long time ago. I don't know. Oh, like a beachhead, potentially. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there might have been like a, a path worn down up to where the grass was growing, maybe. Could be. Or maybe that's just ur- urban legend. Nobody ever had sheep on this thing. <laughs> Could be that too. Yeah. I don't know. It would make more sense that people wouldn't uh, try to take their sheep out there with that big <laughs> ass fucking cliff edge. Yeah. But <laughs> who knows? There's uh you know, there's a lot of ways to get around, you know, buying fucking bales of hay, I'm guessing. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me let me tell you the very last theory, and um I think this theory comes from the type of source that at least in my experience I'm very familiar with on this show, and that's when an author publishes a book on this subject or any subject, he tosses out his own theory, and then he claims it as fact as a way to sell his books, right? We've all heard this before. So in the book titled A Natural History of Lighthouses by author John Loved, he claimed that he had found out that Thomas Marshall had previously been fined five shillings for negligence towards equipment uh, that had washed away in a storm when he worked as a lightkeeper previously. So John Love believes that the ropes had fallen out of the crane or whatever. Um, Thomas Marshall didn't want to pay another fine or get fired or whatever, and he demanded that all of the uh, the two other men come help him before they get swept or you know goes out to see the ropes. And just so happens that they all three got swallowed up by a large rogue wave. How do you feel about that one? Okay, that would explain why one of the coats was still there and then two of the coats were taken because maybe he had heard like a a large wave hitting and just assumed like, oh, shit. Oh God, my ropes! Or yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> me ropes. Potentially, 
Yeah, I don't know how much five shillings was back then, but I who knows know. what his fucking pay for a week was. God, <laughs> back then, maybe five shillings was all he made that month. So could be. Could couldn't like two pens get you a uh um a room to rent? Like two in, pence. Yeah, in, I don't know the. I don't know what the pence and shillings. Um, if they're different denominations, or, but yeah, like. Getting you wanting a meal and like we talked about in the Jack the Ripper episode, a meal and a room to stay in was just a few pence. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, thought maybe a shilling or maybe five shillings could have been your whole like week's salary. My so apparently uh, twelve pence equal one shilling. That is uh, and two hundred and forty pence equal one pound. Okay. And, and forty. 48 fart things equal one shilling. I didn't know what the fuck that means, but um, yeah, I don't know, British people, what you got going on with your money there, but it's too goddamn confusing for me. Um, but Here, yeah, let's just assume five shilling was probably quite a bit. Yeah, so I, I looked it up. Five shillings, one shilling um, back then is worth the equivalent of $6.48 today. Um, so five shillings would be like 30 some dollars today. So maybe uh, depending on how much they made, which we we don't know, uh, maybe five shillings was quite a bit of money. Um, I will say, though, uh, that <laughs> those uh, the coins that you get. So when uh, you've had a few drinks at the pub and you give them your cash, you get all these coins back. By the time you get a little tipsy, basically what you do is you put all your change in your hand, and after you order another drink, you just hand them all of the yeah. money, and they pick out the coins yeah. that they need. Yeah. They're yeah. very honest bartenders out there, So, and they don't expect a tip, so they take exactly how much they're supposed to take. I uh, I wish uh, we could get that here, but... um, <laughs> We couldn't. They would want all of it. So, so yeah. okay, so let's just kind of wrap this up here. So, I think clearly the three of them ended up in the ocean somehow. Oh. I, I I think that's pretty obvious. I would assume, um, but like, I I I don't know. I I still think the like the one guy who rushed out of the lighthouse is kind of the weird part of the whole thing um, to me, and. The fact that the waters were calm on the 15th and there was no storm for another two days, which would mean the wave had to be completely freak out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, also, maybe we we didn't mention it. Uh, the siren sound, uh, perhaps a mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming in, you know, he heard the sounds of uh, some potential pussy possibly out there and. <laughs> He just ran out and bend maybe a little bit for him. So, is there anything that goes better than a lighthouse keeper and a uh, and a mermaid? They just seem like a match made in heaven, <laughs> honestly. Definitely, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe God. Also, you noticed that maybe this this these islands were haunted. Um, did. Do you know if there was any stories of lighthouse keepers before or after these guys? who claim to have, you know, seen like paranormal shit out there is the island or the lighthouse known to be haunted? There there is like a very very brief section that people claim that mm. when they come here they have thought they've heard the voices of people 
Um, again, I don't like to take stuff like that too seriously simply for the fact that they already know <laughs> that these yeah. people died here, which in your mind, I think, already kind of comes to the conclusion that there's the ghosts of these people there. Not to say that there yeah. couldn't be, I guess, but when your mind's already tainted, I think you're kind of already expecting that to happen. Yeah, two things that are known about this island. One, there is a lighthouse here. Yes. Two, this story. Yes. So basically, yes. yeah. This is a very famous story because it's such a mystery that nobody really knows what happened to him. It like I feel like there should have been at least some shred of evidence of these people. Um, but you know, I I don't know, just never maybe they got sucked into an underground cave. I don't fucking know. I <laughs> I don't know. I just I think the rove rogue wave thing is weird because what are the odds that that happens when there's no storm or anything? I mean, oof. It tsunamis i don't know how well they were tracked back then um if a tsunami tsunamis are much larger than you know uh, obviously rogueways and tsunamis are completely different things but like if it was like a tsunami there would be people who talked about the tsunami that were you know um out in you know potentially what fucking scotland ireland uh you know so those other islands people who actually lived out there um rogue wave though i mean maybe what, what maybe the... a leftover thing from the storm was a rogue wave so maybe like the high winds as the storm as the storm was heading out maybe it caused that rogue wave so when it seemed all calm just one last kind of gasp of the storm hit yeah i mean i just thought of this so they were pretty high up clearly when uh where the ro from you know where the ropes were on the rocks right um yeah i guess it could be possible <laughs> that the three of them were climbing on the jagged rocks that were probably slippery and maybe they were holding each other for stability to get the ropes and then one fell meaning they all fell in the water i guess that could happen too but um you would assume they could have got at least one of them could have gotten back on land yeah, also, too, um, kind of the deal of where one guy has to be out there. That might, he might have heard the screams from the two men who were trying to collect the ropes, and he ran out the reason why there was one coat left. And then he also got sucked in with them somehow. He tried to go save them, and then he slipped as well. So I wonder if it could be possible they were in the water drowning, and then he jumped in to save him and then ultimately ended up killing himself too i, I mean those those locks those rocks look pretty jagged i yeah. don't think this i think you gingerly walk down those steps yeah yeah much. there's yeah. no jumping or you do like an action hero shit with the crane where you <laughs> yeah i guess that's true too um yeah yeah i don't it's just like he tried to jason board that shit <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if we, I think the thing is like with the, the rogue wave or whatever, um, the infant infinitesimal, um, uh, you know, chance that actually happens while the three of them are sitting there <laughs> is very yeah. small, but not impossible. Very small, not impossible. They also had from the sounds of it, from what you said, 
they had zero evidence that that's what actually happened. Yes. Yeah. That's just the official story. Yes. So that's, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's just as good as any other theory. Honestly, it's slightly better than mermaids. Uh, you know, not much, there's, but yes. there's uh, not much better, but it's more plausible is the thing. Uh, it's, you know what I mean? There's not a, there's, there's just as much evidence for mermaids as there is for rogue waves. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So very true. Very true. I, I guess, uh, unfortunately we can't <laughs> really solve this either. Um, I'm very, pretty confident that they're in the water somewhere. Um, how they got in there, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the perfect, no pun intended, but the, the perfect storm that just, they all <laughs> happen to get down there somehow and they all got sucked away together. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you would think, I mean, there's three dudes there. If one of them, like, wanted to go, start a new life he you know at least one of them would have stayed behind or he would have had to kill the other two men if he would have murdered the other two men after only a week there would have been some evidence of a big a big fight um you know some broken shit or you know potentially i guess i'm thinking more like goddamn ncis or (laughs) not ncis the csi type shit you know um back then who knows how really great it was, you know, with the investigators. And um, also, too, if it did have if there was another storm, any blood or any kind of tracks or anything would have been washed away by another storm if it, it had hit. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess it could be possible that all three of them left together. But I mean, why? I, You know, yeah, I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I honestly they had go ahead. They had an idea for an app they wanted to create. Yeah. So they all went to Silicon Valley. Maybe Jeff Bezos. It could Bezos. have been the horse killed them. <laughs> Maybe Jeff Bezos' family was touring here and they wrapped them all in little spider eggs and then ate them later. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I, it was funny when I was like putting this episode together and reading everything. I'm like, I think it's pretty obvious what happened to them, but now I'm less confident about that. Like when I talk about it out loud and I talk about it with you, I'm like, God, the chances of this happening are like so small. Yeah. I mean, also, too, it seems like the those guys during that storm, um, if it was a, like a one hell of a storm, maybe they were going a little nuts. Yeah. And yeah, maybe something happened along with that. Uh, also, too, if they were, I mean, during a storm in that situation, like you would maybe just to keep the you know just to keep everything running just to keep the fires lit they all had to work 24 hour shifts or something like that so if they were running on very little sleep they might have been hallucinating yeah um, yeah very true potentially so who knows it's I'm, i mean it's just it's crazy we've got to pop in ufos too yeah of so. course. <laughs> I, mean, I mean a ufo sent down sasquatch and sasquatch <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucked them all Maybe up. Maybe the aliens came there and that's why they thought God was visiting them. That could be. Oh, oh potentially. Had the yeah. uh, They saw the wheels in the sky. Yeah, there you go. But uh, mm. ooh, we've been going for a while here, guys. So we should, uh, I guess, get out of here, Phil. So if anybody wants to contact us, where can they do that? They can hit us up at our email, subliminaldpod at gmail.com uh, love to hear from you guys the good the bad you got any ideas about this episode what might have happened 
let us hear them. Uh, if you've ever been to this island, definitely let us hear that. We would love to know kind of how it is now, maybe some stories from it. Um, get a hold of us also on our Instagram, just like our buddy Skylar, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, same thing. You got any episode ideas? Uh, anything you just want to say hey we'll get probably get back to you so you know hit us up cody also has an instagram account what is that cody yeah you can follow me at cody's above give me a follow send me a message do whatever you'd like um the last thing we ask guys to do is log into itunes leave a show five star review doesn't particularly matter what you say just uh hit uh type something in the box hit five stars hit submit you're all done thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us if you're a spotify listener it's even simpler Hit five stars, hit submit, and you're all done. You ain't got to type a goddamn thing. Well, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed a little uh, lighthouse mystery. Maybe one day Phil and I will go here and investigate for ourselves, but unfortunately, we're poor and cannot afford to do so. We'll see you guys next week. I'm never forgetting on a plane again. <laughs>